Welcome back to a very special episode of Round Guy Radio. And we have a very big announcement to make. Round Guy Radio is now on Patreon. And we have merch. Believe it or not, you can get stickers. You can get a coffee cup. You can get a t-shirt. You know, it's just there's a a ways to show your support for Round Guy Radio. And we have a a terrific show for you today. Uh, We went, uh, Steve Pilchin, the Round Guy, and I, we went to uh, we went to Des Moines to the Iowa Cubs game at a noon game, and uh, Keith Murphy was there, and he was broadcasting over there, and he did came over and was generally give us an interview. Uh, and before that, uh, our old friend Adam Whitehead, uh, Iowa's most streamed country artist, was there to sing the national anthem. So he visits with me, and then we visit with Keith Murphy, Amer- or Iowa's most well-known uh, sportscaster. Uh, and uh, Steve Pilchin's back, and uh, he recorded several uh, interviews, and we're going to release them one at a time here. So anyway, sit back and enjoy this one, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, uh, get you some merch if you want some. Well, welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and we are here at Sec Taylor's, well, I guess it's Principal Park now, but Sec Taylor Field, uh, and we are here with an old friend, Adam Whitehead. Uh, uh, I just travel around and watch him do national anthems at baseball games. Uh, last time was in Kyoto. That's right, Kyoto was the last one. That was, uh, that was a good time, good people down there in Kyoto. Yeah, so uh, you're the... the, the the most streamed uh, country artist in the state of Iowa. I am right now, I believe, yes. Do you have yes. have any new songs or anything? That I do. Yeah, we've got a bunch of different projects coming up. Uh, you know, right now we've got Life and Outlaw, Blank out on uh, all streaming platforms. It's been a good song for us. For the last two weeks, we've got close to 10,000 streams, which is good. So that, uh, that just keeps us going. People seem to like the song. It, uh, you know, it's, it's done well for us so far. And, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely well, jump the, on and take the, a listen. The last team that you uh, uh, sang the national anthem for went pretty deep into the playoffs. Do you yeah. think you're going to uh, uh, spark out a victory today? You know, I, I, we can only hope. We can only hope. I think, uh, you know, this team's looking pretty good. We had a uh, fellow hit a 444 foot shot, I guess, yesterday. So. That's a fair piece. That's, that's a. You got a hold of that. You got any gigs or anything coming up you want to promote? Yeah, we, uh, we're working with the uh, distributors at Bushlight, adult distributing, to get a uh, Marshalltown. Marshalltown is uh, Friday. Uh, we've got Bushlight night, Marshalltown at Rumors. And then uh, Saturday, we're in Cord in Iowa doing the same thing there. So it'll, uh, it'll be a good. We experience good show, a bunch of people there. So. Well, I, I seem like uh, you had a new song out or something that people have been ordering. Tell people how they can access your website or, or look and, and a little bit about this new song you got yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on all social media platforms Facebook just look for the uh, the blue check on Facebook Instagram uh, you know Spotify Apple Music wherever you listen to your music that's uh, that's where you can find me and uh, you know we've got a uh, we're going down November, early November, to work with a fellow named Jesse Keith Whitley. He is the son of country legend Keith Whitley and Lori Morgan. Uh, we had a song together called "A Life Worth Lived" that he featured on. We're gonna we're gonna do a music video to that. So hopefully, get that push to CMT, uh, the Country Network, all those all those TV stations, get us out there a little bit more. Well, thanks for being with us, Adam. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thrilled to have our good friend and colleague Keith Murphy, Mrs. Murphy's favorite son. Keith, we're at Sec Taylor uh, Field, Principal Park. 
It's a gorgeous day. We've got the uh, uh, stadium announcer right behind us, going to blare us out here periodically. But right. Aside from that, uh, what a treat to visit with you on a glorious day, and it can't be anything but that when you're at the ballpark. I know how much you love baseball. I know how many times I've seen you here at this ballpark, so I feel like this is a chance to have you at your podcasting best, just in the best mood possible. I appreciate that, and uh, uh, the, let the buyer beware. In the event a ball comes this way, it's uh, every man for himself, and I'm, I'm probably going to knock you right on your ass to get to get to the ball well you have like uh, more baseball experience than most anyone in this section so we're going to need you to make a play there you go even with this uh, recovering from this broken leg i i am still going to be able to get to any ball hit in this direction from what i understand though you haven't lost any speed to first base this (laughs) this was your same speed back in your playing days pretty much Pretty much. I run uh, as hard as everybody else. I just don't get there as quick. So, the effort's there. Yeah, the, the effort is that's, there. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Keith, you're probably the most prominent, well-known sportscaster in the state of Iowa. Uh, we're just uh, winding down Major League Baseball, and it's appropriate we start with that, being that we are at a, albeit minor league game, uh, where are you at with some of these uh, rule changes that are coming into effect? Where are you at with the, the current standings? Where are you at with Aaron Judge? There are so many things to cover. Aaron Judge, Albert Pujols. Just start at the beginning and let me know what your <laughs> thoughts are. All right. Start at the beginning of baseball or just uh, my thoughts this season? Both. Okay. I uh, The rule changes... I think there's uh, part of me being an older guy that wants to resist anything that changes, you know, but baseball of of my childhood, that kind of thing. But I think the pace of play has become such a problem uh, for people at games, and it's, uh, it's all but eliminated younger Major League Baseball fans. Like, young people just are not attracted to watching baseball anymore because the games move so slowly. I don't think it's the time as much it is is that there's a few minutes between balls being hit in play now since the sabermetrics got involved in and the you know launch angle and all of this uh, emphasis on home runs and strikeouts we just kind of lost action in the game and the games can move so slowly and now that they change the pitcher so frequently that's more stoppages that's more sitting around doing nothing and then these pitchers pitch such a limited time they can just rear back and throw it like a hundred miles an hour which again uh, leads to more pace of play slowdowns and they take as much time as they can in between pitches to let their arm recover a little bit and that drags the game down more so I think what we're seeing like here where we're watching an Iowa Cubs game today there's a pitch clock it's worked. It is these games are like two out, two and a half hours, two forty-five tops. They're forty-five minutes or an hour under what a major league baseball game is. So I think they do have to figure out pace of play. As for Judge and Pujols, that's that's just been cool. That's been fun to watch those two hit those historic markers, or at least the seven hundred to get to that uh, number to get in the sixties for Judge. 
They're not, neither one of them are going to set the record, but seemingly because they're clean, we guess, we think, it's been fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I'm, I'm an American League guy, which means I don't follow the National League and in particular the, the Cardinals and whatnot. I, I'm certainly familiar with Albert Pujols. I'm familiar with the fact that he's been a big guy and a big home run hitter, and I I think back, and I don't know that I've heard anything relative to him being on steroids. I certainly haven't heard anything like that with Aaron Judge. But but uh, are these two guys, you mentioned clean. Mm -hmm. is, is it your experience that, that Pujols uh, has not been associated with steroid use? He, he hasn't, other than being a great player during the steroid era which that's enough for some people to question if anybody was clean, could you be great compared to your contemporaries when so many other people were using? But uh, there hasn't been anything to tie him or Aaron Judge directly to steroids. But I'm kind of, in this mind, I'm kind of in the period of life now where I don't say that I know anybody's clean. I just presume they are until I hear something differently. And we, we have no reason to, to believe that either of those guys was using no, no evidence of any kind. So I, th I think you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I would not, I, wouldn't, I think I'd be a fool to sit here and say I'm absolutely positive. How do you know? There, I'm sure there are guys in the Hall of Fame we think we're clean that probably aren't. Sure. All right, let me ask you this then about uh, rules changes. Uh, what about the shift? Where, what are your thoughts on the shift? Well, again, I go to the, uh, the, the old guy watching baseball. My first instinct is to say, just hit it where they aim. You know, I, I want to do like my little league coach would tell me, if they're going to move everybody over there, hit it the other way. But they, because of the emphasis and the analytics that show that it's worth swinging for the home run at almost every at-bat, many of these guys will ignore the shift and still try to pull a home run. So if that's going to be the way it is, I think for pace of play, you probably have to eliminate the shift, make, make the uh, infielders have a foot on the dirt. I think it's going to be tough for some, some old school traditionalists to get behind that. But if you look at football, which is by far the most popular sport in America now, it's not even close, we're changing the rules all the time. You know, the, the NBA changes the rules, the NHL changes the rules. Major League Baseball, with the way it's just so nostalgically framed, I think it's the hardest sport for us to accept change. But they have to do something here because they're losing young people. And even, even people I know, like myself, I, if I'm not at a baseball game anymore, I'm not watching. I, I can't take that four-hour grind to watch the Red Sox and Yankees on TV. It's just too slow. Well, I, you know, and I don't know that I disagree with you uh, uh, on the shift part of it, especially when uh, uh, when one of my uh, Yankee players, you know, hits into one. Eliminate that damn thing. Yeah, and you probably have a... Uh, a feeling too of why are you hitting it there there's like four guys over there hit it where there's no guys exactly which is what uh, ted williams would do yes he would we spoke to a uh a minor and major league umpire uh who briefly had a stay in the in the majors but extensive career in the minors and i asked him that question and he said 
oh, these guys are professional hitters. Let them let them hit where where they aren't. And, right. And nobody seems to do that. Uh, and and you watch a game, and guys will hit right into it and and get thrown out. Uh, so you you have to. And earlier you had mentioned how, and I agree with you. Baseball, for the most part, I used to sit back and marvel at how seldom, if at all. Baseball made any kind of changes, right? Whereas football, and as you said, some of these other sports, you know, that's not uncommon at all. So it's it's almost kind of catching up. Where where uh, baseball, with these changes, is kind of catching up with some of these other other uh, sports that do change. And and I agree that it's because of, of this. Uh, it's I think it's soccer. I blame it all on soccer. When I was a kid, we didn't enjoy soccer didn't play soccer with the exception of the two weeks in gym class right and and we were all out playing baseball and but today you'll get kids that uh, uh boys and girls playing soccer at such an early age and they're saying the hell with the baseball you know it, it's crazy isn't it? It, it it is and having you know having kids who played soccer one of the things that attracts people to it is the kids are constantly running a part of the problem with baseball, especially with the modern attention spans we have that are so impacted by uh, streaming and video and gaming and phones, kids just standing around in right field, they just don't want to do that. And parents don't really want to watch them do it. They want their kids to be busy and active. And and even, even watching a professional soccer game, even if you're not into it, you have to admit that the two-hour game with no commercial breaks, you know, where there's just constant action, as it were, uh, that just appeals more to the to the modern viewer. And some of the data in baseball has just worked against its interest because the the, the appeal of baseball um, for so long was that it's been there our our entire lifetimes. But at some point here, going back to like the Moneyball era. They started to analyze data, and it's just changed the approach. It's like the shift. Even with the shift on, the data will show that you're still better trying to hit a home run. So don't hit them where they ain't. Still try to pull a home run. Well, that's that's just maddening to watch, and it's continued to make be- baseball less and less relevant on a national scale. I mean, you and I can remember in the 70s, in the 80s, the World Series Everybody stopped and watched the World Series. You know, those right. Yankees-Dodgers World Series, the Reds and Red Sox. Those were huge events. Now it's become like a regional sport, with the exception of the Cubs winning it in 2016. It's it just it's not a national event anymore. It's like if, if your team's not in the World Series, for the most part, it goes ignored now. I mean, a minor NFL game will outdraw World Series Game 7 which is crazy. And so baseball has to do something um, to change that. And I I think one of its appeals has always been that, well, we we don't change. Baseball is always the same. There's no clock. It's nine innings. We're going to keep it the way it is. But I think it has been forced upon baseball to do something to pick up the pace of play and make it more attractive to young people to watch and not be bored. Our guest is Keith Murphy from WHO, uh, Channel 13 Sports, an all-around good guy. And back to your uh, point about soccer. Yeah. One of the reasons I hated it. No timeouts. What am I? You know, I go, when do I get a break here? What the hell is going on? I got to sit down for a minute. 
So yeah, too fast, uh, uh, no timeouts, and I just uh, never really got into it because, as you alluded to earlier, I just have always loved the game of baseball. Our uh, buddy Dave Johnson here has a question. Go All ahead, right. Dave. Well, Pete here at Round Guy Radio, we extensively cover high school football, mm-hmm. mostly in southeast Iowa, uh, the Iowa City area real good, eight-man football quite a bit across the state. But uh, I, I don't know much about the Des Moines area high school mm-hmm. football. Who are some of the, the, the good high school football players and teams in Des Moines? Well, the, uh, the big five-star recruit is Caden Proctor out at Southeast Polk. And Southeast Polk is the defending 5A state champ. And, and the Rams are really good again. Uh, he's a, a five-star recruit. He's 6'8", 340. Uh, he's going to play in the All-American high school football game. Uh, and then he's going to the University of Iowa. So Southeast Polk is really good. Um, the Ankeny Hawks, who won it two years ago, they're really good. Uh, Dowling Catholic, you know, won those seven state championships in a row. They're a top five team. Uh, those three are probably the primary contenders, but the championship always seems in class 5A, the biggest class, seems to come from, from right here in the Metro. Ankeny has two players that have committed to Iowa State, uh, Jamison Patton, a transfer from Roosevelt, and J.J. Cole, um, whose father was a kicker at Iowa State. J.J. Cole is a 6'7 quarterback at Ankeny, and he's committed to Iowa State as well. So a lot more good players all the time around here. Um, and, and the opposite of what we're worried about with baseball happens in, in football it seems and especially with the eight-man game that you see down there it's just constant action you know it's uh fans love it yeah i live uh, next to waco and uh, they have a really good team most most uh, rankings have them at number two do you vote in either rankings i d- i don't because i i did try that one time and it it uh it just occurred to me that i really can't do a good job of it because i i just I know about the teams around here, and I don't know about the teams in the other part of the state. I even, one year I voted for the uh, AP Top 25 in basketball, and I was like, I, 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 don't, I don't know how Arizona State is. You know, I, I don't ever see South Florida. I don't, I don't know if UConn is good. Uh, so it, it, uh, it, it made me see that I had an inherent, you know, big, Big 10, Big 12, SEC bias, because I watch those teams play all the time, either in person or on television. And uh, same with, with football. You tend to really know and gravitate toward the teams in your area. All right, well, just one more quick question. We like to cover this, just the stadiums, what's like, what it's like to, 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 uh, to the ambiance and what the experience is like in all the different stadiums. Uh, I talked to the coach at West Branch. They have this little Rose Bowl. It's supposed to be one of the top 10 places to play I watch high school football in the state of Iowa. What are some of the what are the, some of the venues like in uh, Des Moines that, that are real nice? Well, they're they're some of it is losing the nostalgic charm. You know, the places like uh, uh, Knoxville and Winterset, where the stadiums have been there for a long time, they're still there. But like uh, Waukee Northwest just opened a multi-million dollar stadium that that looks like it's a college stadium. Southeast Polk is opening up a $21 million stadium next year. And the stadium they're in now is nicer than the high school stadium I played in, but now they're building these complexes at these high schools, often with uh, some tax dollars because the, the, uh, the sports fans in that area put so much emphasis on it. So it's, 
it's changing fast. I still tend to like, you know, the stadiums that have been there for a long time. Like up in Fort Dodge, they have a really cool stadium. But they're uh, they're all getting nicer quickly here in the in the big areas like Valley. Uh, Valley Stadium, when it was built, I think it was like $8 million, and that seemed crazy. Now that's a low price for uh, some of these high school stadiums. And they're building one in Des Moines that's going to share the Des Moines schools. There's going to be, it's going to be on the Drake campus. Drake is footing part of the bill. Des Moines Public Schools is footing part of the bill. The city schools, with the exception of East, are going to share one stadium because it's not practical to get a new one for each of the schools. What about, uh, Bob, Dave brings up football. Let's stay in that vein and let's stay a little more uh, close to home. Uh, last week, uh, Iowa gets, what, four or five rain delays, thunder delays. Is that Was that a record? In, in the time it took for them to finally finish that game? I don't know if it was an overall national record. It was an Iowa record. It was seven hours uh, to play the game. And the only one I remember close to it was um, 2019 up at Jack Trice Stadium. There was a lightning delay in the Iowa-Iowa State game, and that game took six hours. It started in early afternoon and finished at night. Uh, so that... That was the previous long game I could remember, and there was a time we were at Jack Trice Stadium when Iowa State was playing South Dakota State a few years ago, and there was a lightning delay, and they never resumed the game, and they canceled it, and that's how that's how Iowa State ended up playing Drake that season. Hard as that is to believe, they ended up playing Drake in December because they wanted to add one more game to the schedule, and that South Dakota State game had been canceled by lightning. I don't remember there being as many games impacted by lightning as as we see now, but maybe it's just we're more aware. And they're talking about baseball being slow. Huh. How about a seven-hour yeah. football game? Yeah, yeah. What about what about Iowa this weekend? Is uh, there any hope for them to uh, upset Michigan? I, I don't think Iowa's going to upset Michigan, but there's hope because the game is at Kinnick Stadium, and the uh, – Five of the past six times a top five team has gone to Kinnick Stadium, the Hawkeyes have won. Five of six, uh, including last year against Penn State. So there, there's hope with that home crowd, that defense, and those special teams. But it's hard, it's hard to imagine right now just because of the offense. And many of us still have fresh in our minds the Big Ten championship game last year, which was 42-3 to Michigan. But that wasn't at Kinnick Stadium. Sure. Yeah, I, I – uh... I know there's always every school has on their schedule uh, teams that they're supposed to lose to, and yet every school has a upset or two in their in their uh, history and capable of, of doing just that. So we'll see. Um, and they've done pretty good, uh, pretty well against Michigan overall, they have. especially at Kennedy. They have, yeah. And uh, gotten them a couple of times at the Big House over it, the years. It sure has worked out that way. And and what's reassuring about those games is the the extra frustration when they lose to a team that they on paper should beat, and mm-hmm. and we've been suffered through some of that. Where is in your mind? The, the constant uh, controversy about 
the Iowa Hawkeye fan base screaming for his head one year and then praising his glories the next. And this, that what seems to be a back and forth kind of support, and then no, we don't want him anymore kind of thing. And, and we where talked does, about Ferentz. Yeah, and where does Brian Ferentz fit into that? Is, is he being groomed to take the head job down the road? Is What, what, do, what do you think's going on there? I, I don't think it's possible for Brian Ferentz to assume that role anymore, but I, I don't know. And they've never said publicly that that's what they have in mind at Iowa or in the Ferentz family, although I think that would be a natural thing that you'd want as a dad and as a son. But um, the, the offense has been so bad, and it's not over the past five, six years under Brian Ferentz, it's not fair to put that all on him because no matter who the offensive coordinator has been under Kirk Ferentz, it's a very conservative style of offense meant to not lose games with mistakes. So it's... I don't think it matters who the coordinator is. To some degree, it's going to be a conservative approach. I think the fans, we probably pay more attention to the the noisy niche of fans that do the loudest complaining with any sport, whether it's Iowa, Iowa State, um, you know, Packers, Vikings, Chiefs. You, you notice the people who make the most noise. But I think I think overall... There's just that sense with Iowa that the defense is so good, the special teams is so good, the fans have sold out the stadium. If you just had even an average offense, you could have a potential championship contender. But when you have, and this is it's remarkable this stat is out there, but it's true, out of 131 teams in major college football, Iowa is first in defense and last in offense. Yeah, and, that's and crazy. the disparity is is just nuts. Right, right. Hey, we've got just a minute or two left. What I'd like to do is ask you to react to uh, the transfer portal <laughs> and what that has done to college football, uh, mostly, but yet other college sports. But in particular, I was watching a game, and I. And this is why you're so good. Your your memory is. I don't have the memory to be a, a sportscaster. I'm watching a game. I want to say it. it I want to say it was Purdue and, and a a kid who's running back kickoffs and punts and what have you and 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 looking darn good at it. With Charlie Jones and that yeah and they they turn around and say well anyway, he transferred in from Iowa and I, and I remembered the kid then yeah and and uh, they alluded to him transferring out of Iowa because he was unhappy with his playing time or lack thereof and so I thought wow that's that's uh, amazing to me because I didn't know that he felt that way to begin with and I didn't know that he could get away with transferring and, and suddenly playing and he obviously is making a, a, an impact uh, is it Purdue? It's yep, Purdue. it's yeah. Purdue. Yeah, uh, they haven't been winning a lot, but his numbers have been terrific. Now, is is he playing more and doing better at Purdue than he would have at Iowa? Or, and how does a kid come up with that thought process? And then how do they 
this portal thing, how does that work to where they can achieve that? Well, he was uh, first team, all Big Ten Conference. Uh, he was the returning specialist uh, of the year. He was like the best returner, but he wants to get to the NFL uh, and felt like to have any shot at the NFL, he needed to have a lot more opportunities to catch the football and score touchdowns, all the things that he's doing now at Purdue. I haven't heard him take any any personal shots at Iowa or to say anything like I had to get out of there, but I think you can just look at the facts. Like in three games into the season at Purdue, he had already surpassed his totals at Iowa from the entire season last year. So he's getting just what I think he wanted, which is you know, more passes thrown his way, more catches, more yards, more touchdowns. And the transfer portal as a whole is one of those things that when it benefits us, we love it. Like, oh, we got, we got a guy coming in, it's gonna really help. But when the guy leaves, we don't like it. You know, sure. we, we'd like to have it both ways. It doesn't seem like it's hurt the popularity of college football at all. Like many things, it felt like the sky is falling when it first happened. But I, I, I think as fans, you want, you want your good players to stay and honor their commitments, but you kind of like the idea of when you have a weak position that you can talk somebody into coming in, maybe shoring up more quickly. It's been a tidal shift. I mean, it's a huge change. But if a guy who's on a music scholarship or a, a, a woman in ballet, if she can transfer anytime she wants, you, I think you have to let athletes do it too. But as fans, we just tend to think of everything. We look at it through the lens of, is this going to hurt or, hurt or help my team? Keith Murphy's our guest this afternoon. We're enjoying a lovely afternoon. It is just wonderful out here, isn't yes. it? This is perfect. Uh, my partner Dave called in and requested a perfect day, and by golly, when he says, I want to... They, well, he, he's got that booming voice. Yes, yeah, he, so he, he doesn't even... When he's on PA, they don't even use a mic. He they gets just have him stand done. in the press box. He gets it done. So let's, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Let's wrap it up with what you want to talk about. Our good friend, uh, Keith Murphy, sportscaster extraordinaire, all around good guy. What's going on in your world that you want to talk about, that you want to finish up on and, and talk about sports related? Well, we, uh, we are empty nesters now, Jenny and I, just happened. So we're, uh, we are hoping to over before I uh, before I die, I would like to get to a lot of the things um, as a fan. There's a lot of sporting events I'd like to get to as a fan. I mean, a, even a bucket list. Yeah, type of yeah, thing. like even stuff that's not in my wheelhouse. Like I don't watch a lot of soccer, but a World Cup game seems fun. I'd like to get to the Kentucky Derby. I'd like to go to Wimbledon. I'd like I'd like to go to a uh, World Series game. I want to do a lot of things as a fan because one of the no complaints, but when you're working and at an event, it's it's just not it's not the same because um, for one thing, you're not cheering, you're not really rooting. Mostly the clock is in your head that, well, are we going to be able to get this done in time? Are we going to be able to get all this done? Uh, so I just like I'd like to go and and, uh, and and just have fun. Like this this is a different experience here at this game, sitting here with buddies, having a few beers and eating peanuts. Than it is, you know, doing a podcast right, or a radio right. show. It's just a different experience. But something you said 
just now makes me want to ask you this. When you are at a ball game, okay, when you are in Iowa City covering a Hawkeye game, when you are in Ames and you're covering a, a, a Cyclone game, right? Uh, you're there the entire game. Mm-hmm. Your, your film guy is shooting video from every angle uh, till the game is over. Yeah. And yet when I watch you on sound off, as I want to do, uh, and or the news, there's only three plays that are I see, and I see them over and over. <laughs> yeah. Now, explain yeah. that to me. Well, that's, you're making a good point that maybe we should uh, <laughs> cut some different highlights. What you, yeah, what you are seeing is the highlights that were shown on the newscast, which is right. usually the touchdowns or big interceptions or safeties, that kind of thing. Right. But yeah, we should make it. We should do a. We should do like a director's cut. Well, <laughs> yeah. I I know you've got interns that can splice all that stuff together, and I require. I realize I wish we it did. Re- we need an intern. That's a good suggestion. Requires. I am not. Uh, How much pizza do you think you ate on sound off over the years? You couldn't afford it. <laughs> But I, I do. I sit there and I go, well, it's the same play. I, I'm, I'm expecting maybe another, another highlight. And I go, well, it's the same one. Same same one. Well, I've seen this. I saw uh, this movie. Yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's a fair criticism. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that from here. Well, I, and, and if I see a change in it, I'll take, some, I'll take some solace in, the, in that I may have had a hand in that. Hell yeah. Keith Murphy, uh, I love you. And, and, love uh, you too, brother. You're... An outstanding uh, sportscaster. You're the best at what you do. Oh, it's not, and we are kind. tickled. You took a, a minute or two out of your day to visit with us. Well, once I heard where your studio is, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> Along the left field line, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> well, and let's hope uh, we can perhaps do this again down the road sometime. Uh, Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. Thanks for having me.